Simplicity, simplicity, said Henry David Thoreau, to which Ralph Waldo Emerson replied, one simplicity would have sufficed. All right, what we are talking about today is how to make your projects even safer, but get even greater productivity out of them, or what I call the five Ds of project management. This isn't something that I've dreamed up. This is something that I've come up with across... 20, I started in construction when I was 15 year old and I am 47, heading for 48 next year. So, what's that? 23 years construction experience. Uh, these are the things that I've noticed on particularly on major projects and it's getting worse and worse. There's a, a, I did a video the other day and it said there's a cancerous mentality going around the construction industry and that is that when you talk to people, they say all the big projects blow out cost of schedule wise these days, Benny. They all do. It's just the way it is. It's not just the way it is, and as I say, when people sit around pissing and moaning about the problems and they say somebody should do something about it, if those problems are related to cost and schedule blowouts and construction, how to do it more safely and how to do it faster, I'm the somebody that's doing something about it. So, right, so I'm going to read you from two books today, and I highly recommend, I always say highly recommend, it must be one of my favourite savings. You get hold of this one. Tommy Habits, this is a must. Got to have it. Everyone, every supervisor, superintendent, construction manager, fucking project manager, leading in, should have a copy of this either on their desk or in their um, bag that they take to work every day. And they should read it every day. That, that should be the first habit. That was one of the habits that James actually said about Swan, actually. Uh, a great habit is to actually read every day. The other one is this one, Scrum. The art of doing twice the work and half the time. We're going to read, read from Atomic Habits first because this explains to you why we've got such poor habits on construction sites at the moment. So, where are we? If you're having trouble changing your habits, the problem isn't you. The problem is your system. Bad habits repeat themselves again and again, not because you don't want to change, but because you have the wrong system for change. All kinds back to the systems. And one of the worst systems that we use in construction is a Gantt chart. Now, you might think, that how does that drive safe? Well, it does. Trust me, it does. The boys have, and the girls out in the paddock, have trust that the leadership know where they're going and, what the, and have control of the project and they know what's going on. That level of trust builds. As that level of trust builds, people get safer, they feel safer, they do things in a safer, in a safer manner. Gantt charts, well, let me read this to you. These charts were called Gantt charts after Henry Gantt, who developed them. With the advent of personal computers in the 1980s, making it easy to create these intricate charts and to make them really complex. Simplicity, simplicity. They have become works of art. Every single step on a project is laid out in detail. Every milestone, every delivery date. These charts are truly impressive to behold. The only problem with is that they are always wrong. Ever seen a Gantt that's right yet? Henry Gantt invented his famous chart around 1910. They were first used in World War I by General William Crozier, who was the Chief of Ordnance of the U.S. Army. Anyone who has studied that war knows that efficient, efficient organisation capability was not exactly a, a salient feature. While World War One, why a World War One artifact, which is a Gantt chart, has become the de facto tool used in the 21st century of project management, has never been quite clear to me. We gave up on trench warfare, but somehow the ideas that organised it are still popular. All right, 
So let's get into the first D, decisions. Planning. There's a really good, if you watch this little video running just here, see if I'm pointing the right way. Daniel Kahneman, I think his name, his name will come up right near the end there. Okay, He's done a video, it's called, While We're Really Bad at Planning. And it talks about the Sydney Opera House and the budget blowouts on that. And it's quite astounding. And it's all to do with, it comes back to what we call optimism bias, which is that we think that things are going to go better for us than everyone else. And that nothing's going to go wrong for us. As I say to the people that I do sales and marketing with, the smart people know the odds and stack them in the professionals know the odds and stack them in their favour. What mugs do, and this is what happened on most construction projects as well, is they think that they can beat the odds. So decisions are often based on not on stacking the odds in their favour of trying to beat the odds. The other problem with it is, is you get different phases of a construction project. Someone needs to be responsible from, you're the guy that's responsible from, you talk to the client at the start of it, when we're trying to win the job, right through to you hand the keys over at the end of it. That way, that person would make decisions based long-term, not short-term. What happens is if the guy up front gets it, the BD guy or whatever, he makes all sorts of promises. He'll, what I say, he'll promise a... He'll promise a Maserati and he was happy with it if a push bike gets delivered. He couldn't care less what happens on the back end, what the project looks like, how well it does, all the rest of it, because he has no buy-in. So his, his decisions all based on fixing his short-term game, which is meeting his budgets. That happens all the way through the process, through the design process, all the rest of it. None of these guys are tied in to the end result. So they make short-term decisions based on fixing their pain not on what's best for the client and what's best for the project at the end of it. So number one system that I use for that, as I say, is to put one person from the start who has to run with the thing through to completion. Direction. I, I spoke about this a little bit earlier on in the piece. Let's see, this is where it comes to systems, right? There's a system for everything. I have a system for doing these videos even. I have systems set up for how I record, how I get the audio, how I go through all of this Video on the side here, this little thing down the bottom, all the system to make this happen. This doesn't just happen. Buddy Marcel said in Creed 2, Rumble in the Jungle didn't just happen, didn't manifest itself. Somebody had to make it happen. Old project manager of mine <laughs> said to me one day, uh, I'm pretty famous for saying things that people remember. He said, I will never ever die wondering exactly what you mean, Benny, <laughs> which is a good thing. Communication is absolutely critical on the construction site for providing the right direction. I do a lot of, if you've watched any of my other videos, you'll see a lot of my stuff on LinkedIn is based around sales and marketing as well. Marketing, marketing, and marketing's a setup, sales is to finish it off. There's a reason why I share all that stuff is because marketing and sales, whether it's a local shop trying to sell something or whether it's a superintendent or a supervisor or leading out, anyone on a construction site trying to get something done is exactly the same. Marketing is conveying your message. Sales is getting that person to do what you actually want done. Then they're doing it for you so you don't have to do it yourself. You hear people run around saying, oh, you got to do anything, you want anything done right, you got to do it yourself. No, you need to fucking learn how to communicate your message properly. I'll read you from another book. Art of War. Where do I put that? Oh, chuck my glasses back on. If words of command are not clear and distinct, if orders are not thoroughly understood, then the general is to blame. 
your general's generally your superintendent, construction manager. But if his orders are clear and the soldiers disobey, then it's the fault of their officers, being the officers on a construction project, as we know, are your supervisors. Direction has to be clear. You have to, it should be a habit to study marketing and sales as far as I'm concerned. The best supervisors that I've ever had all had, did sales somewhere in their background because there is no better salesman than a supervisor that can get up at the morning pre-start and get his guys to do exactly what he needs done for the day. Distraction. This is a massive one. And this one gets me in a lot of trouble because when I call this out, it calls out the people that don't want to hear it. And I'm talking about upper level management. Distraction's a massive problem these days. And there's a video running just aside here and it's a quote from uh, Singer Pitbull. And he says, you've got to learn how to access the excess. Distraction doesn't just come from um, your phone. It's your email, the way you manage your email inbox. If you're not managing it, it's managing you. If you run and check, most people are working and the way that they plan their day and their days, the distraction that gets them during the day is the fact that there's constant barrage of emails coming through and they're just reacting, reacting to emails, reacting to emails, reacting to emails. When I'm on site, I don't work that way. I tell my guys, I answer my emails, at, I look at my emails at two o'clock in the afternoon. If you have something urgent, you need to come and see me and we will sort it out. But I'm not going to get caught up in the backwards and forwards, 10 million cc's. If you cc the world in, I will just throw it in the bit. If it's really that important, come and see me and we'll get a solution sorted out. We'll send one email at the end saying, this is the solution, this is the problem, this is the solution, this is how we're going to move forward so that we have it documented. But there's CC in the world in, it, it causes massive distraction. The constant barrage of notifications coming off the phones, another one. People need to have a distraction-free environment, at least for two 50-minute sessions a day, where they can get the bulk of their work done. If you get that done, you'll be surprised how much more you will actually get, or everyone on your site will actually get done. The other thing is multitasking. And again, in here, in Scrum, after doing twice at work at half the time, people don't multitask, as it says in there, people don't multitask because they're good at it. They do it because they can't focus. You literally can't do two things at once. You, what you're doing is switch tasking. So you're ineffective, driving your productivity down every time that you're doing that. Data. There's a really good book by a guy, reference a lot of books in this one. There's a really good book by a guy named Chris Voss who used to be the lead FBI negotiator, hostage negotiator for the FBI. In there he says, you have to be careful how you interpret data because if you interpret it the wrong way, it will tell you that playing basketball makes you tall. <laughs> Again, with your Gantt chart, I walked into a project last year. I was supposed to go there for six weeks to do the tail end of it, look after the night shift to finish it off. They said it's at about 80 something percent, Benny, 83, 84%. And they said, we just need you to come in and do six weeks on night shift to finish it off. Well, three months later when I left the product, when I walked in, when the two days that we were walking in, I looked at it and went, this thing isn't even 50% complete. I did my little test, a little system that I have, which is called the lay down test. So if you go up and have a look at the lay down, lay down tells you a whole lot more than what, what you realize if you know what you're actually looking at. And again, this comes back to experience. So I went up and had a look at the lay down, see how much gear is in there. When you're about six weeks from complete at the end of a project, the only thing left in the lay down is a bit of small ball piping. 
that's that's the last stuff that goes in. You've got about six weeks to go. That means all your mechanical gears in, all your majority of your big ball pipings in. There might be stuff still laying around on the job that has to go in. But if the laid down's cleaned out to the point where you've only got the small ball piping left, you're about six weeks from completion. By the time you do your punch listing, hydro testing, all the rest of it. I went up to this yard and it was fucking chockers full of mechanical equipment. Not majority of the big ball piping was still lying in there. There was there was still structural steel I had to go in for goodness sake, and they, these guys were claiming that the eighty odd percent you can fudge the figures on a QMR, on a Gantt chart, whatever it may be, because of the way they're set up. They're set up to measure meters and tons, and what happens on projects is again because people don't make long decisions based on the long term, is that we measure by meters and tons. So what happens is. The guys go, we have to get X amount of meters up this week, just throw it and pipe gets chucked up in the rack without any thought to how much work is still left to complete that. If you want to really track what you're doing, what you need to track, and this is, I've tried numerous ways to get people to set this up and I'm going to start setting it up on my projects, is that you track your sign-off sheets. So your biggest percentage for completed work is a sign-off sheet saying, that's it, it's done. Okay. That way then, it takes the focus off just throwing meters up in the air and it puts a focus back on getting all the work done. Get a big percentage in there because we all know that last 5%, everyone can say we're within 5% complete and you're three, four, six months later, you're still there doing all that finishing off work. There is more there. That is, again is the optimism bias working against you. There's more left there than what you need, than what you think's left to do. Another great way, again, in this book, Scrum, they use what's called a burn down chart, but I haven't got time to go into that today. We'll look at that in another video. Hang on, press the right button, and we go. Did we miss one? Denial. I ain't talking about the uh, the river in Africa. This one, this one tends to kick in right from the start. And there was a project that I was involved in the the early stages of late last year, and I said to him, I said, you cannot make this schedule. It is not practical. Um, the time frame's not there. You're not going to get the, the there's a list of things. You're not going to get the fabrication through. The schedule's wrong. You're just not going to make that 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 actual schedule. And the I said the clients in denial. You need to go back and speak to them and point all these things out so that let's bring a bit of practicality into this and get a plan in place that we can actually meet. The trouble is. People make these big bold statements and they set these milestones and all the rest of it and they just deny all these little things that are, that are going to be a problem along the way. Maybe they can make it come in on time, but it's not going to happen by, again, going back to the optimi uh, op optimism bias, it's not going to happen if you don't start looking at it from a worst case scenario. There's, again, coming back to this book, there's a thing in here called planning poker. And what you do is you get someone in the room that's like highly optimistic, someone that's highly negative, and someone that's a little bit neutral. And you all look at a um, what's going to take to, to finish different parts of the project. And then you take an average of that so that you don't just get this optimistic view of if everything goes right, and how many times have you heard that in a planning meeting? All goes to plan. When does anything all go to plan? There's a famous saying from Mike Tyson. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. 
construction sites are constant barrage of being punched in the face and you have to work around those and this is again why the gantt chart charts don't work you just again just cannot keep up with the constant barrage of punches to the face that happen on construction these days it's not fluid enough it's not mobile enough you need systems like scrum you need burn down charts you need much smarter ways of doing it than something that we used back in world war one disruption Another one that gets me in a little bit of trouble. But as I was, this video on the side, it says, back when I went to school, teachers had a name for me, Disruptive, but it wasn't good disruption back then. There's a book by a guy, another book, called Jay Sennett, called Disrupt You. He said, disruptors don't have to come up with new technologies. All I have to do is find a practical use for those new technologies. There's a lot of new technology at the moment. You've got virtual reality, you've got augmented reality, you've got drones, you've got 3D scanning, oh, 3D scanning I just astounds me that every job isn't 3D scanned these days and the modeling isn't done off of that. We can bring these projects in, we can make them go quicker, we can do them safer, we can do them faster and we can build them at a better quality if we start using the technology that's available to us. But you have to, someone has to be in charge of creating that disruption. Right. As I've said numerous times during this video, this isn't stuff that I think about or think will work. This is stuff that I use myself. If you want a little bit of help with your team on a project, I'm going to come out and look at it, show you some ideas, do some work with your team, help with your planning, isometric.co forward slash beanie. It's got the wrong one in there. It says sessions. Don't go to sessions. That's a marketing one. Should be isometric.co forward slash. That's not right one. forward slash beanie anyway you remember that one b-e-a-n-i-e if you don't have atomic habits get a copy of that book and remember this the information in this video as good as it is and i'll go in depth more into all of these in future videos as good as it is it's fucking useless if you don't use it so take it use it on your project to make it a great week and as the world's greatest showman, P.D. Barnum said, no one ever made a difference by being like everyone else. Everyone else is ignoring the five Ds and are using Gantt charts. So don't be like everyone else. Speak soon.